0: I'm Scarlett Russell, entertainment editor for the Sunday Times Style, and this is Secrets of the Side Hustle, your go-to podcast to find out what it really takes to turn your passion into your career. Each episode we hear from inspiring female founders who give us the lowdown on how they turn their side hustle into a thriving business. From baking for the stars to sex tech, disrupting the fast fashion industry and more. In this show, we get the ins and outs and ups and downs of setting up your own company whilst pocketing nuggets of advice along the way. On this episode of Secrets of the Side Hustle, we're joined by Sasha Elise, founder of Nala's Baby, a clean baby skin and hair care range in the UK. Sasha has always had an entrepreneurial streak, Since finishing her educations, she's focused on growing a strong following across her social media channels and started up her own hair extensions company. But it was in 2020 when she and her partner, Cass, otherwise known as the rapper, Crept, fell pregnant with their baby girl, Nala, where her flair for business took off. Now, two years on since the idea spawned and four months since the baby skin and hair care range hit the high street, Nala's baby is valued at £17.5 million and is projected to generate £2 million in sales in year one. I'm so excited to know more about the success story of this young woman in business. Welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle, Sasha
2: hi so, thank you for having me <laughs>
0: thank you for coming in it's really great to see you i'm so excited to hear about nala's baby products which is your other baby yes this <laughs> is my other big baby yes we should say you have an actual baby nala yeah. <laughs> who inspired the products how old is she now of course she is two. oh she's two. my little babes so Nala's Baby Products only launched in June, mm-hmm. but you've already smashed it, it's mm-hmm. fair to say. Nala's Baby Products are currently sold in over 400 boot stores nationwide mm-hmm. and online. So <laughs> pretty impressive. <laughs> pretty impressive. So tell me, tell me, Sasha, how this business started. How did the idea come about for Nala's Baby Products?
2: So it started when I was pregnant. In what, 2019, 2020? In 2020, mm-hmm. 2020. So I was just careful with absolutely everything at this point. We was in lockdown, I just think I had all the time in the world to just focus on this pregnancy and Google the life out of everything, so. It started with me having a natural home birth, like just me researching the hospitals and how home births are different to hospital births and just wanting to do it the natural way down to making my own butters that I put on my own skin because I'd read things about certain products can potentially leak into your pores and potentially affect the fetus like I was just overloaded with all this information don't know how true or false any of it was but I was just like okay I just want to do every single thing that I can to have just the best pregnancy to produce the best results to just raise the best child and that was just I was just a little bit obsessed down to what I was eating but yeah it started from making my own products so I would order like shea butter and coconut oil and aloe vera and all these different things and I would be at home making my own butters and me and Cass would both use them not as dad. then we started to receive like bundles from brands and from friends and stuff which had baby products in when I was posting some of these products that we received we were receiving messages about this app called Think Dirty and people were just like, hey, check out Think Dirty because the products that you're posting They're not as clean as I think you want them to be because from what you're posting, I I can see that you want natural products and stuff. And so it was like, okay, so that's what we started to do. We started to scan all the products on this Think Dirty app, which basically rates them from zero to 10 on how clean or dirty they are, with zero being the cleanest and 10 being the worst. And yeah, we just noticed that all these products that we were receiving were just full of chemicals and just full of things that we just would have not otherwise known because like we grew up with some of these products and like our friends and just everyone around us uses them and that's when me and Cass were like okay why isn't there a natural baby skincare product that everyone knows about that's accessible to the masses and it started there it literally just started as a thought and I was just like Cass like shall we start a natural baby skincare brand and he was like yeah (laughs) let's do it like what do you think we should put in what do you think we should start with like do we start with shampoo conditioner what should we put in there and we just started to research absolutely every natural product that you can think of that's where like the idea began and that was before Nala was born
0: so absolutely everything in your product is natural there's no chemicals preservatives whatsoever
2: no so we use a synthetic preservative but it's safe and it's naturally derived and we have to use that because to be able to bottle products and for them to have a shelf life Mm -hmm. and for them to be safe there has to be that in the product but everything else is 100 percent
0: it took two years from this idea to the launch, and in that time, you had a baby, so you are quite busy. <laughs> But you were doing two years of like laboratory tests, yeah. and tell me about that. How did you go about starting that? Knowing where to go and all of that process.
2: Well, luckily for us, and this is where we actually got really lucky. So when we started Nala's, we had no idea how we were going to bottle these products and make them in big quantities. We don't want to just find a manufacturer in China and ask them to deal with it because we don't actually know what's going on. We didn't want to establish that kind of relationship. So Cass had previously worked with a lady who had worked with uh, manufacturers and had a relationship with retailers and stuff. And I reminded him about her and I was just like, she could help us with this. So we reached out to Shaz and we told her everything that we'd planned so far and our ideas. And she was just like, yes, this is this is amazing. Like this doesn't exist. And because she had the relationship with manufacturers and stuff, that was kind of our introduction to them. So we were lucky in, in that sense that we knew someone that already had. A relationship with manufacturers but I would say for someone that doesn't have that relationship already for uh, manufacturers just to Google and if you want to have your products made in England manufacturers beauty product manufacturers in England and you'll find loads and it's just about meeting them and making sure that what you want for your brand they can provide but we didn't we didn't even think of that at the time we didn't think Google That is the way that I would advise anyone to go by if you don't have that relationship already.
0: So you can go and just meet manufacturers as many as you want and just get a feel for them, see where the product would be made, ask them questions and just get a feel for kind of who you trust and exactly. who you want to go with. That's brilliant. Was there really no other natural baby products on the market?
2: So uh, there is. It's not that there isn't, but there wasn't any that is accessible to as in, as in
0: it was all very expensive and niche. Very
2: expensive and niche, and which is great that because they're, they're out there and they exist, but the, the majority of people can't, can't afford it and they can't access that. And that was kind of where we saw the gap because it was just like, why though? So when we met with our, our manufacturer, we said, okay, this is our product. This is what we want in it, but we want it to be this price. And they were like, oh. What price was Ooh. that? £5.50.
0: Like as an average for a project or everything? Was as
2: it, we Yeah, so when we when we sat down with them, they said, these are the margins, this is what you'll make, X, Y, Z. We said, okay, that's fine. Well, we want it to be this end, not this end. And I'd say the majority of people that we met, they were like, why are you not pricing this at 10, 12, eight pounds? And we were like, we believe in what we've created and for us to make a profit and for us to reap the rewards of it, we needed to sell to the masses, and we were confident that what we were bringing was good enough for that to happen. So it was a risk that we was taking because you know there was no certainty that that would happen. But we were like, nah, we don't want to just be like the other brands, and we don't want to because we could have easily priced it higher and took all the margin and sold less quantities, and you know been in a great position. That just didn't sit
0: right with us. It's obvious that Sasha has mastered the art of finding a gap in the market and wowing manufacturers and business consultants along the way, despite the challenge of making the product more affordable. I wanted to know if she'd had the same smooth journey when putting her idea to the big retail giants and how she found this experience.
2: You know, I've never been in rooms with Big retailers or manufacturers, and I expected it to be this daunting, like oh my god, like I shouldn't be here, like imposter syndrome kind of thing. But no, I, it wasn't like that at all. Everyone, it was you know, would sit around a table, and it everyone's all friendly, and you know, everyone was just it just felt right. There, there wasn't a, uh, there wasn't really a time where it it felt like you know we was having to really argue or we was having to fight for our for our case like everyone was pretty much just on board with what we was doing and it's been a nice learning experience to be honest more than
0: anything what about getting into boots that's amazing that's Mm -hmm. surely like where everyone wants to be in your Mm -hmm. line of work were you having meetings with lots of other big high street stores or was it just boots that was always your aim to go for so
2: initially when we started we didn't even picture retail as such we pictured D 2 C so direct to consumer so I was having a, a website and was selling direct to consumer because we had no idea how to get into retail but it was through Shaz who had that relationship and she was just like okay. Oh so she knew someone at Boots basically. She knew she had an in okay. an and she sat down with Boots, say pretty much all of them basically had a conversation with all of them she didn't tell them who Cass was who i was she left that out and she was just like i'm gonna go to them and i'm gonna show them the brand i'm gonna show them all the work that's gone into it i'm gonna show them why you guys want it to be this pro- i'm gonna i'm gonna do all of that and let's see what their honest opinion is without them knowing anything else and we didn't want to hear any negative feedback Everyone was just like, we want, we want this, we want them, we want them, we want them. And it was, we was in a position of, okay, so who do we launch with? Like, where do we go from here kind of thing? And it was actually our decision on where we went with that. What? So wow. an amazing position to be in.
0: And then when they did find out who you were, obviously both you and your now ex mm-hmm. have a profile mm-hmm. which obviously would have been even more attractive to them because that's going to raise the profile, boost sales, etc, elevate mm-hmm. the product even more. Mm-hmm. Were they very excited about that? What difference do you think that did make? So not only did we have the product, but we also
2: had like a big marketing strategy behind us, which has been huge with the success of Nala's. And I think when we pitched to them what that plan was, it just made them even more excited because they were just like, wow. Like not only did these guys have like an amazing product, but... They have all this marketing behind them that they want to throw in there, so it's kind of like a, it's like a win-win for whichever retailer it is that we decided to go with or decided to stock us. They've seen that and they love that. Cass, is, part of his background is in marketing. Not a lot of people know that. He's really great at marketing and making things go viral and pushing things into uh, the new world
0: of social media. That's really interesting. What were some of the steps in your marketing strategy, the key steps?
2: We assigned like a really big marketing budget for everything, but it was just, we wanted to get the right mixture. So we wanted billboards, radio, influencers, Google ads. We basically assigned budget to every single type of marketing that there is and devising like one big marketing plan from that. You know, I'd never had a big business that was in retail or anything like that. So I had no experience in that. But what I did know was how much I loved Nala and how much I wanted this for her. And not only for her, but it was like anything that I did, I wanted it to be intentional. And I kind of seen how this would help other people. And I just think in this life, if we don't help other people in whatever way that may be, it's kind of pointless and I think just knowing that this was going to help so many people, it was going to fix a problem, the passion behind that, that's been my driving force.
0: What's so lovely about Sasha is not only her genuine passion for the project, but her determination and willingness to navigate the business world without ever having full exposure to it before. Now the business is up and running, I asked Sasha what it is that she does on a daily basis to keep everything ticking along.
2: We have a team of, I think it's around 15 people so far. So there's an influencer team, there's a marketing team, there's a social media team there is and do you
0: oversee that's that's you know as an influencer those are your real strong points so do yeah. you oversee those teams do you manage yeah. that yeah okay, yeah. Brilliant. so, so everything... everything
2: is kind of sent to us for approval mm-hmm. so that's on a daily basis we have like group chats and like daily zooms and stuff like that and we just kind of sign everything off Take everything off give them ideas every day and it's it's not full time as in i don't wake up at nine o'clock and at five o'clock i've gone through the whole day and i've been on my laptop and mm-hmm. it's been it is full time as in it's every single day there is something that we need to chase or we need to guys can you do this mm-hmm. or we need to focus on this or next week we need to do this. So it's just overseeing absolutely everything, basically down to like the financial stuff, which that is not my area of expertise at all. But it's just like, it still gets ran through us and we still have to sign everything off and we still have to add our input. So even though our team's growing and we have professional people on board that have, you know, they've been to university and they have their degrees and they've got all this experience, we still oversee Absolutely,
0: absolutely and you say we but you're you and Cass aren't together anymore sadly you broke up yeah how does that work co-parenting and with a business together you must get on really well you yeah a great relationship right? no
2: we do we do and it's something that we've had to work on like we didn't just wake up and decide okay let's break up now and let's be best of friends like it's been a curve a learning curve and it's been progress that we've we've both had to make and I guess ultimately we know that this is for Nala. This business is for Nala mm. and we just kinda had to put anything aside, feelings, emotions. It's just like okay, well I'm not gonna be moody with you today because this is <laughs> we have gotta go sit in a Zoom meeting or we've gotta go to this meeting now and we've got to speak and we've we've got to we've got to get on and we've got to you know, we've got to work through this for Nala so I just think our relationship just it naturally just it took that route and it's just like we ha- we have to speak every day and we just focused on friendship over anything else and uh, you know it did take it, t- it took a while to get to this point but I think we can both say like we've definitely reached a point of that we can both be proud of and We've overcome those hurdles of a breakup because we all go through them. It's not just as easy. I think people sometimes look at us and they're like, "How did you do it? And why did you make it look so easy?" It hasn't been easy. It's not been a, an easy thing. But I think when you both have the same desire to make something work because of a child, then I don't think there's anything that can really stop you. You just have to just stay focused on on that thing and on that child.
0: What was it like launching the business, juggling all this work in the very early stages of motherhood?
2: Well, I would say in the early stages of motherhood, it wasn't actually that, like we would go through periods of, we wouldn't speak to like manufacturers or for like weeks, because when they're going and doing tests, testing can take months, five months, six months, three months, and it's kind of just, the early stages we were just waiting around waiting around, waiting for the test to be done, waiting for this to be done, waiting for the website to be done, waiting for, you know, things to piece together. So I would say before Nala was born, we did a lot of work then because that was when we was putting the idea together. So there was a lot of work then. Then we kind of took breaks in between things. It wasn't that hard during the first stages. I would say now that we've launched and before we launched, like the the run up to that, that was when the juggling, started and started to kick in and it hasn't been easy i'm not great at multitasking (laughs) i'm not the greatest at multitasking but again like you just you learn through things and you learn how to adapt and that is that's just what i've been doing i've just been learning and i've just been
0: changing and i've been
2: growing every day and yeah what kind of stuff
0: have you learned about business what do you say the biggest takeaways that you've learned about business
2: at first, it's very easy to feel like, I don't belong here. These people have all this experience and they know what they're talking about and da-da-da-da-da. And it's very easy to back yourself into a corner and into this shower and kind of feel like, I don't deserve this or I don't. It's it's easy to do that. But the, as I've gone through it and I've, I've gone through the processes and I've came to realise anyone deserves it that has enough passion for it. And if have that vision and you genuinely believe in what it is that you're you are doing nobody can tell you that you're not able enough or you don't deserve to be there you don't deserve to be in that room because you do everyone has a voice we were all born the same but dealing with that has been my biggest thing of this 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 whole journey as long as you're open to learning along the way and you're willing to put in the hard work nobody can tell you anything
0: do you think some of that comes from being you know the natural baby product world um well the natural product world from what i've seen it's very white it's very middle class we've had guests come on the podcast before who have gone into similar spaces and spoken a bit about the imposter syndrome as well and Mm -hmm. just you know people of color saying this is not a space very welcoming Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. do you think some of your imposter syndrome came from that did you find ever that you were in a room feeling like this isn't as diverse as it should be and that was something to overcome
2: yeah so that was the discussion that we actually had like when we started this it was like the baby world in particular yeah it was either you know white men white women older in age so it's easy to feel like okay i shouldn't be here and that was kind of like a part of the driving force like okay so this is black owned it's a space that hasn't really been tapped into but it belongs it it deserves to be here and and you know we can kind of be that voice and that I don't want to say inspiration because I don't want to you know force myself to be an inspiration to people but I know that there's people that look at me and they think well if she did it I can do it and I know that because I've seen women and thought the same thing. And same for Cass, like, you know, there's people that said have said, you know, he's a rapper and she's an influencer. And like, what are they doing making baby products? And it's just like, we all have to start somewhere. And we knew our intention for this brand and it wasn't to just mix some ingredients together and to just sell and to just try and make profits. That was never it. We knew that this was made with love and it was made for the intention to fix a problem. And I think just from that alone, that's kind of like enough to be able to say we belong here.
0: You're listening to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell. There'll be more secrets coming up just after this.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: Welcome back to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell. Let's jump back into where we left off. How did you fund it right at the beginning, the very early stages? Was it just your guys' money that you put into it? <laughs> so when we first started, actually, the lady that
2: helped us said it would probably Is that be Shaz? around. Yeah. yeah. So she was like, It'll probably be around fifteen K
0: each. <laughs> we were like, oh, okay. That's interesting. What does but quickly, what does that money actually go into then? Is that the ingredients, the manufacturing of it? Yeah. The website, everything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The testing okay. and right. all that kind of stuff. To so- get it to right re- to get it up and running. Okay. Exactly.
2: So I, we was like, okay, yeah, that I can do that. That's fine. And I always I said to Cass like, when it comes to Nala, schools, nursery business whatever we're always we're always going to go halves whether or not you make more money or not like that's all that's just the way that i want it to be we started to pay for things when we needed to pay for things and then slowly but surely it was like okay we need another 30 grand you need 40 grand you need 50 grand you need 60 grand it's going to be 70 grand it's going to be 80 grand Why? it's going to be what 90 was, grand
0: what was that spiral costs for
2: it was a territory that none of us had experienced before so we didn't realize the costs and also it was growing as we were Creating, so had it have just stayed as DTC, and that would have um, direct to consumer. Yes, <laughs> direct to consumer <laughs> lingo. The cost would have probably stayed around around that price, but because it was growing as we were developing it, all these incurred costs just kept on coming and coming and coming. And then when we had spoke to boots, and there was like, okay, we want you to be in X amount of stores. It was like, okay, amazing problem to have, but we now need like. million for this, and it was just like okay. You were pitching to investors, yeah. Was that scary? What was that like? It was the most nerve wracking thing (laughs) that I think I've ever done in my life. The first time we did it, it was in person, and it was in a big, I think there was around 50 investors there. And we had our deck, and you know, we knew what it was that we were pitching, we knew it was our product, but it was. So nerve wracking. I had never really spoke to an audience of people either. Cass, he's a performer. He speaks to people every day. He's spoke to audiences. It came. It comes natural to him. Mm. Obviously, he'd never spoke to a room and asked people to give us their money. But for me, I had never done it at all. So I was literally on that mic and I was like. So um, <laughs> Nala's baby. Like my voice was breaking every second. People could see the nerves, but they were smiling along. Like they could see that I was nervous. It didn't affect anything. Afterwards, they were like, "Well done! Like you did so good! Like such a good pitch!" Like everyone was so supportive. did they want to so give lovely. you money?
0: Yep, <laughs> they wanted to give us money. And they d- so you're so you've got inv- um investment now from like venture capitalists. Mm-hmm. How did you find them? To how did you get in that room in the first place? That sounds hard.
2: It was through. A financial advisor.
0: Okay. So financial
2: advisors have investors on their on their belt. So it was basically having a conversation that way. And some of Cass's friends also I had a few friends and family members that also were part of the pitches. So we it wasn't just like investors, it was family and friends that also invested into us so wow
0: yeah and they've made a, a healthy return already would you say yeah wow that's incredible <laughs> yeah. um do you think it's important to have a big social media presence before you launch a business
2: no i don't you don't need it it definitely helps mm-hmm. there's a you know there's a few there's a definitely a few factors that have helped us ahead of maybe someone who doesn't have a presence or isn't that very well connected. But you don't need it. There's things that you can do. There's agencies that you can go to. There's teams Mm. that you can, you know, that you can kind of hire for these things. Obviously, if you are on a lower budget and you don't have investors, then it is about building that up and getting there that way.
0: How did you become to be an influencer?
2: So before I became an influencer, I was working as a... uh, my job role was business analysis for Empower. Mm. If you.
0: Yeah, I used to. The use energy Empower. company. Sorry, we, we left them with Octopus now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they don't actually exist anymore. They're, oh, right. Yeah, okay. they've gone now. But that's what I was doing before. So, did you
0: have like zero social media presence? Zero. Zero, right. Zero. zero. Okay. I hated
2: social bit... media. You hated it. Okay. I hated it. Yeah, I was in a relationship with Cass. He was obviously already a part of that world. And he had friends who were making money off social media and he was just like, Sash, why don't you build up your social media following and make money from it? I didn't even see that before. Like I knew people were kind of doing that, but I was just like, no, I'm not really interested. Like, I just want to have my own business. I don't really want to be on social media. I just want to like lay low in the background. He was like, no, no, no. Like, you know, you don't like working an office job. This is a good way for you to, you know, make Easy money. He was kind of the driving force behind that. So from when we had that conversation, we were on holiday, and um, from that point on, I just never deleted my Instagram again. And I just began to to build it up from there.
0: And how did you get so many followers?
2: I'm not really too sure, to be (laughs) honest. I just think people, one, followed mine and Cassie's relationship, Mm. what we did put out there. And then I would say when I probably became pregnant with Nyla, that's when it grew a lot more because it was like I was a lot more relatable to people then. Mm. Then giving birth. It's just kind of people have just followed the journey and then there'll be people that have just followed me, I don't know, probably because of the way that I look or the way that I dress or things like that. But I think the vast majority probably came from because they were interested in my life. When me and Cass were in a relationship, we decided to move in together and that is... When I officially took the plunge to move from Birmingham to London, from school, I knew that I wanted to have my own business. And it was, at first it was like, I want to have my own modelling agency. I want to have my own lingerie line. I wanted to, I had all these ideas that I wanted to do. I had a picture and I knew what it was. I knew that I wanted to have my own business. I knew, but I just didn't know the journey of how I was going to get there. Believe in yourself, believe in the vision that you have because no one else will if you don't. And it seems like a very small thing to say, but you can get far from just trusting yourself, believing in yourself, pushing yourself, make others see it, force them to see it, but you're only gonna do that by believing in yourself.
0: It has been a real pleasure getting to know our female founder on this week's Secrets of the Side Hustle, but I want to go just that little bit further and find out something about them or their business that isn't common knowledge. It's time for Best Kept Secret.
2: Last year, every time I got paid, I would make sure that a chunk of that was going into NALAs and investing into NALAs. When you got paid from from influencing so from my from my job of course like with influencing you don't get you don't get told on the 30th of every month you're going to get paid Mm -hmm. this amount of money it's kind of like as and when things come in and like having to prioritize like bills and everything else and investing my own money in dollars that was like you know that was a very difficult time but glad that I persevered and, and
0: what was it, difficult course. about it worrying about the money or worrying yeah, about yeah, where yeah. to d- divide the money
2: yeah no just just sometimes worrying okay where's the money going to come from this yeah. month like how am I going to afford to do it this month or what do I have to sacrifice this month to be able to do it but yeah I'm definitely glad that I, I did do it
0: it's almost time to say goodbye to our female founder this week but before we do, let's have one more moment of inspiration with our quote for quote, where we share uplifting quotes with the hope to motivate you to pursue what you're passionate about. This one I've picked out is from none other than Queen B Beyonce, because we all need a bit of Beyonce inspiration in our life. <laughs> yeah. And her quote is, power's not given to you, you have to take it, mm. which I love. Can mm. you relate? 100%.
2: Do you powerful. have a quote you want to share with me? I'd say Maya Angelou, and it is a poem, but the part that I take from it is yeah. I'm a woman phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me.
0: I love that. Mm. I love that, is that something you try to live by then? Something yeah, that gives I just, you a bit of strength?
2: Yes, yeah, so I love her poems in general. Mm. I just think when women like empower themselves and empower each other, it's just a beautiful thing. And I just think it's just a nice reminder, like we are phenomenal. We are absolutely phenomenal. Nobody can do what we can do. Men can't do what we can do. Just never forget that you are phenomenal.
0: And what is next for Nala's Baby?
2: What is next for Nala's Baby? What isn't next for Nala's (laughs) Baby is probably the question you should be asking me. (laughs) We have a lot of plans for Nala's. So we are going to be entering more boot stores very soon. You're in 400 already and you're going to be in more? Yeah. Wow. Very soon. We are going to be extending our range. Tell me some of the products that you can get in your range. So you can get body lotion, a body wash and shampoo, a conditioner, a nighttime oil. Oh, and then we do two fragrance-free options. So we do fragrance-free body lotion, fragrance-free body wash and shampoo. Does Nala like the products? She is obsessed with the products. Like... She Every time she sees them, she's like, Nala's baby, Nala's baby, or she sees someone with it, she's like, mine, Nala's baby. Like, she she knows that it's associated with her. She just gets excited every single time,
0: every time. I feel like I could talk to you for hours about (laughs) babies and baby (laughs) products and your amazing business. But all that's left to say is congratulations. I can't wait to see what happens with Nala's baby. And thank you so much for coming on Secrets of the Side Hustle to tell me about it.
2: Oh no, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Don't forget to shop Nala's Baby, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find them where? You can find them at www.nalasbaby.com or in Boots stores or online
0: at Boots. You've been listening to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell and our fantastic female founder this week, Sasha Elise. The series producer is Anya Pierce. If you enjoyed what you heard, why not follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode? And you can listen back to all our previous episodes on the free Times radio app or download them from wherever else you get your podcasts. I'll be back with more Secrets of the Side Hustle next week.